here? I suppose I'm here to make friends with you. And your dad's too. But my heart is broken. Why is it broken? Because of what I have to do today. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. I'm Colin. And I'm Peter. And uh, as you can hear, we have a fourth person with us because we had to assemble the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I'm not <laughs> sure who's who. Uh, Peter and I are both... No, I'm wearing black. Peter was wearing black, but he I took it off. I'm but, wearing red. And the reason we needed a fourth person was because we are going to be talking about The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay, which is a novel from... 2018. 2018, uh, which was adapted recently into a movie called Knock at the Cabin. That's 2023. I know that one. Good call. Off the top of my head. Yep. Ooh, uh, I'll be Sabrina. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes you the... You're the tallest, though. you gotta, you got to be Leonard. I weigh oh, more than you, enough. though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like Seth Kazoff's cool teacher vibes more than James does, though. Yeah. Maybe. Um, anyhow, so, yeah, that, that's... that's the, the funny thing is that the, uh, the marketing for the movie did not really, like, loudly proclaim this was a book adaptation. Yeah. I noticed no. that. Did that's unusual. Mm-hmm. That was going to be another, like, mid-tier M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, I th- I think the way that I became aware of it was I saw somebody in my friend list griping about the fact that, hey, by the way, this is based on a book. <laughs> and the movie is not really, you know, the marketing materials aren't aren't showing that it was. So, Do you think that would have changed something? Well, it would have changed my awareness of it. Oh, um, I, there's that, so, yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many adaptations these days. It's not like there's a downside True. to saying it's based on a book. Yeah. True. Well, although recently a lot of Shaolin's films have not done that well. So maybe there wants to be a distancing wouldn't that have the previous stuff been? Sorry. I kind of doubt that the author would be like, take my name off it. I mean, Stephen King has done that before, right? Where he's like, just just don't. <laughs> don't mention that that's based on my stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. that It was an odd decision in the marketing of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe it's Shyamalan doesn't do a lot of adaptations, right? I mean, one, one famous one that he did, a remake kind of thing, Airbender. Oh, um, yeah. Which, but we, we'll get to it when we talk about our experience with Shyamalan because it uh, <laughs> it, it bears talking right. about. Yes. Well, the uh, the rights to the movie are unusual. The rights were sold before the book was published. Wow. And the author was really? contractually blocked from talking about the fact that it had been optioned for oh a number gosh. of years after that. Interesting. Any hmm. was any reason why given? I don't know. Oh, okay. It was just mentioned. You know, I couldn't talk about right. it until recently. Yeah, that's wild. Um, and then it got oh. kicked around a while, and then Shyamalan bought it, and then wrote a script, and then it went to another scriptwriter to for tweaks and ad- adjustments, and then mm-hmm. he made the movie. Yeah, and had a starring, that's semi-starring role in it. Crazy. Right. Yeah, he was in the movie. Yeah, he oh, was he's in uh, every the movie. Show. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he always he has he he does usually put a little cameo in his movies. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Like Peter Jackson was it Dave Filoni had a cameo in The Mandalorian or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I totally would. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, suffice it to say, no previous history with this book. None. Prior no. to like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when, when yep. I said, hey, by the way, this is based on a book. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought the book and read it in, I don't know, three days. Okay. So how did you discover it was based on a book? I So David Agronoff from the Dickheads podcast, I, I mentioned some, somebody in my friends list. I'll just name check him. Uh, David. Hi, David. Um, <laughs> had had posted something, you know, kind of griping about the fact that the marketing oh, right, materials right. Uh, were not mentioning this based on a book. And it's a book that he really loved. Hmm. And, uh, okay. and so th- that, that made me think, okay, that's something I could check out. Yeah. And uh, turned out not a very long book. Yeah, uh, goes goes down quick, and so interesting experiment that we did on this podcast. Um, by the way, welcome, Peter. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We've had Peter on before. He joined us for World War Z. Yes, I uh, think but, I read this book in about the same amount of time as World War Z. Yeah, okay. World War Z is a longer book. But, I know. Um, it, it's a more entertaining book, I will say. Oh, absolutely. Um, but we did an experiment this time where uh, Colin and I had already read the book before we saw the movie, but Peter and James had not. Right. Yeah. So we have the differing perspectives on that. And I, I want to hear from you guys at some point. Did you prefer doing it that way or would you have liked it the other way? And, and sure. from us, likewise. We don't have to start there. Let's talk about the book. Start with the book? Yeah. Yeah. So the book was written, uh, excuse me, published in 2018 by author Paul Tremblay, who is well known in the horror field. It won the 2019 Locus Award for Best Horror Novel. Oh. And really? the- Huh. The Bram Stoker Award. Cool. So it's a very popular book, mm-hmm. apparently a pretty high quality book. Um, 
Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Colin is on record as not being a fan of end-of-the-world books. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Which is why we keep kicking uh, on the beach down the road. Right. <laughs> this, might, this might need another kick for a while, because yeah. it's going to take me a while to get over this one. That's fair. We, we, we've got some, uh, some salve for that uh, coming up next month. Excellent. <laughs> so... This is the thing. It's a brief book. The other part of it is the plot parts of the book are about half of it. And mm-hmm, right. it's like a 200, 200 pages and change. So you end up with that sort of ideal length of plot to adapt into a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 120 pages, yeah. uh, according to Stephen King. And I don't know. I was going to say brief, not so brief book, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not novel I, I length. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. Just I, like, there, there's, yeah. It's a novel. It says right on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying like the plot part of it is like novella length. And and so right. adapting that to a movie, you yeah. can do a pretty close adaptation. And that's what we got, a pretty close adaptation with some changes. Yeah. Some. Um, is, is 66% pretty close? It is pretty close. Okay. As it's movies go. Passing Great Hill High. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you curve it. <laughs> I like that commentary on Peter's comment. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to down like, like a rim shot app or something? It is uh, five o'clock. Yep, <laughs> somewhere it's four fifty-six where we are. <laughs> I mean, I I would say it's more like eighty-five percent. Um, th- there's a couple major changes, but in terms of the actual stuff right. that is adapted, yeah, it's pulled straight from the book. Um, a lot of the dialogue is straight lifted straight out of it. Um, but we can talk about that as we as we get there. Sure. Um, so what I'm saying is, it's a little difficult to talk about one. Versus, you know, starting and talking about the book without switching over to talk about what the movie changed. Yeah. So I'm kind of suggesting maybe we just go into a full spoiler on both. I think we should talk about the book first, and then we should talk about the movie, and then we should talk about the differences between the two. Okay. Uh, At any rate, we're not really going to be able to talk about the book without spoiling everything. Because they're close to one another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to watch the movie, you know, do that and then come back and listen to the podcast. If you're going to read the book... You know, read do that. The, read, read the book, watch the movie, <laughs> which in whichever order you want, and let us know <laughs> what you're. Do you prefer? So I, I can I can offer some perspective on that. Okay, because uh, yeah, we can start with that discussion because I did not like watching the movie first. Now that I've watched the movie first, I read the book. Okay, I kept expecting the book to go faster, and it didn't. Yeah, and all the sloggy parts. I'm like, the movie got rid of this. I don't want to read this. Interesting. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it did pare down a whole bunch of stuff. Instead, yeah. of, instead of spending so much time in all the characters' heads like the right. book does, yeah, it's just plot. And there are there are some flashbacks that you need for context and perspective mm-hmm. as to how the how how the characters developed and why they are the people they are. Right. But uh, we didn't get any flashbacks from the people that do the invading, only from Andrew and Eric. Yeah. Right. And when. Well, yeah. yeah, but also the flashbacks weren't just flashbacks like the... Are we spoiling yet? Yeah, well, we, for, we always go for For example, spoilers. the scene where... The two dads always get mixed up in my head. Uh, not Jonathan Groff. Um, Andrew. Daddy Andrew. Andrew. Yes, Eric and Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew, uh, after he gets attacked in a bar, he has like that quick mm-hmm. training montage, it seems like. Right. Um, right. Well, they, they kind of like pared that down, but in the book it says full... I didn't like what happened. I went and got myself a gun because I felt like I could try to replace this like thing that was sure. taken away from me. Yeah. I tried to protect myself so I could protect my family, blah, 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 blah. And so it right. still like boiled it down to like the essence of it. But even then, in my opinion, the flashbacks of the movie just seemed weirdly out of place. Mm. Like because they were pared down so much, mm. I lost the con like most of the context behind that. Mm. Uh-huh. Because the flashback of him getting attacked in the bar and him to his training montage were completely separate in the movie. They were. But yeah. in the book, they were so. I'll say coming right, coming at it as somebody who had read the yeah. book, mm-hmm. you know, I had that context, and so I was like, "Oh, that's a, that's a reference to yeah. you know his the way he trained himself after that attack." Yeah, maybe not as clear in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I would have greatly preferred to have seen the movie first and then read the book because then I could have sat back and enjoyed the movie instead of dreading what was going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, and and you know, one of the things that you're dreading was right. inverted, and we can talk about that later. Yeah. That's that's what that's I think that's the key difference in your guys' opinions on like the fifteen percent difference in like the third, which is the uh, honestly, I I don't think it really mattered in which I I think I had a different opinion of the book having watched the movie first, um because the book turned out very differently from the movie yeah 
but it still kept all the core concepts and like the main structure of it with with tweaking a major event than kind of the way the ending is resolved. Right. Okay. So, um, so let me let me defend my. It's it's very close. Yeah. The, the thousand foot view is a couple, a gay couple with their child is at a cabin in location. the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's a location here. Yes. I, I mean, it's M Night Shyamalan, so of course, it's Pennsylvania instead of New Hampshire. Yes. Um, <laughs> I caught that too because that's where he grew up, and so so all his stuff is set. Seth in really wants yeah. to talk about cabin in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. It's such a good movie. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, the you know. People show up, four people show up. Well, you know, a, a, a big hulking guy shows up, stranger danger. Right. And and then, you know, they make the statement to them. You know, they, they come in, accost them, tie them up and say, you need to choose to make a sacrifice, sacrifice one of you three in order to avoid the apocalypse. Willingly, which is a key point yes. in the book, but I'm not sure it is in the movie. And, no, no, it was a key point in the movie. Yeah, and then in the movie, it added that you couldn't commit suicide. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Which um, was not in the book. Well, like- True. Because of the because of the one plot point that was changed in the book, I don't think that the willingly was needed in the movie. No, it was. Uh, so I, we'll get to talking about the the sacrifice and why it's more terrible than just asking someone to make a sacrifice. Yes. Um, but, but you know that's that's what the movie is about. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then do they believe these people or not? Yes. Right. And that that's what it's about. So then some of the details about who gets killed in what way, some of that gets scrambled. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit, yeah, yeah, and there's there's a difference in I guess the body count is actually the same. Mm, no, we're missing one. Minus missing one. Actually, no, no, nope. nope. yeah. yeah. exactly body the same. same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I'm not going to edit that out. I got to leave in sometimes Just when I'm right. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm I, I'm I'm spinning a little bit here. I'm not sure exactly where to where to start the discussion. Well, you're trying to make a point that. You think it's closer to the book than like I do, for example, right? Yeah. I said it can't be any more than two thirds accurate, sure. and you're those- saying it's like eighty five percent accurate. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. where where does your sixteen percent come from? <laughs> so so different different people die, and well, okay. So this is the major thing, and I think people need to be aware of this: is the movie is a lot more definitive in its ending. Yes, the yeah. book is a lot more ambiguous. Yes, um, yep. And so you, your your mileage may vary on if you like. Just, you know, if you would like in an adaptation, for instance, I, I do want to know from you, Colin, if if you have a book with an ambiguous ending, do you want an ambiguous ending in a movie? Ideally. Of course, you wouldn't like a book with an ambitious end, <laughs> ambiguous ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't like ambiguous endings. I like certainty in general. Mm-hmm. I think the ambiguity in this book is particularly bad. Okay. Right. It, does, um, it doesn't wrap anything up. And it doesn't actually like... Yeah say whether or not the end of the world was real or whatever right. and like it like okay this happened well crap i, I feel like that's because <laughs> i'm kind of leaning I, I think it's a little more than 50 percent. i think it's a little more than like i think it's i'm kind of between you guys on how accurate it is okay um <laughs> I, I would compare that's the book a healthy place to be <laughs> usually yes um i would compare the book most to inception 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 um great oh. movie you, you're not really left with an ending. You're left with hints as to either or. Yeah, you do get uh, to answer one key question on, yes. on your own. Like in the movie, right. the he meets his kids finally and he lays the top on the table. And the last shot is the top as it starts to wobble. Maybe. And that's where it cuts off. That, that's the way some people interpret it. Exactly. Other people don't. Or you can option it both ways. But the, the movie is very cl- – the, the movie of Knock of the Cabin is very clear on the this is actually happening. And they go through and illustrate it more than the book tries to illustrate both point of views, I think, at times. Yeah. Right. The movie, like, justifies the sacrifice. Right. So, yeah. to me, like, if you have a question brought up by a book, I'm totally okay with an adaptation answering that question. Um, I feel like it's, to, to me, I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure, if that question was raised and you want to answer it in your adaptation, it's not the book. It's a, it's a different thing. And if mm-hmm. you want to answer it, fine. I don't necessarily like the answer when that happens. Um, and, and I'll say... I like the ambiguous ending in the book because I like that it makes me think about it and makes me wonder, was any of that real? Where the movie doesn't like, doesn't give you any room for that. It, right. it does for like 45 minutes and it quickly resolves after, was it, it's the, the plane crashes where Leonard just starts reciting the, the news broadcast. Sure. Yeah. Well, even, even that you can, you can still explain that away if you're Andrew. Right? Yeah, you can be like, okay, th- this this is pre-recorded. He knew it was pre-recorded. He hasn't memorized. You know, it's all a big hoax. You could you could still go that way. I don't think any reasonable person could go that way at that point because 
they cut the phone lines, which means they're the things they watch they are coming over satellite. Mm-hmm. And trying to hack a satellite is not a casual thing that a teacher, a nurse, uh, an ex-con, we have no idea where and a cook can where do. The video is coming from. <laughs> yeah, For we all think th- it's coming from a satellite, but it could be piped into the house specifically. Yeah. So it's, it would be CDR. a larger conspiracy than, than we would think. Right. Or, yeah. So someone's going to run a cable mm-hmm. miles that no one sees. No, it's a recorded media. It's like a DVR hidden someplace in the place. Right. That's all it would yeah. take. Or a USB, USB stick in the back of the TV. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's conceivable is what I'm saying. And what causes right. it to be timed correctly? I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, you do, because it goes to the plausibility of the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, th- I do want to talk about this, because we've, we've talked about the faith angle of, of the book. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Colin and I have. And if you're strapped to one of those chairs, do you buy it? Would you, if, if it was you and mom strapped in those chairs, would you believe that situation? You and mom are tied I would. I would need more evidence than they started with. But by the time they got to, uh, in the, in the, in the book... Mm-hmm. In the book, there's never enough evidence. Right. right. Yeah. In the movie, there's enough evidence after, you know, three... After a very long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only like the last yeah. 10 minutes of the movie. Like, we don't really see... The the first time we see something concrete happening outside is when they're outside, Leonard's in the deck chair, and you see a plane fall in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the first time you actually see something happen, what yeah. they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, there's lightning as well. Yeah. But, you know, lightning, lightning happens. Yeah, weather happens. Yeah, I did get the... Sense it was more all of the, all of this was more visceral in the movie than it was yeah. in the book, and and I'm hmm. trying to decide if because I watched the movie first, then I was yeah. more likely to believe what the book is happening because I knew that the book right. said, "Oh, that is a question <laughs> that I was going to ask." Is yeah. is does the movie remove some of the ambiguity in the book, even though it's an adaptation of it? the The book gives you a possible answer to the question. The book, the movie gives you a possible answer to what the book is framing, and I think having known that answer, I think it did. Okay. It's like if you said, like, I need to choose between A or B. Like, if let's say I'm going to tell you a story and it's like the, for lack of a better example that I can think of right now, it's like the trolley tr- the problems. Like, do you say sure. the pri- like the 7.8 billion or the 4 plus 1, I guess? Right. Um, well, no, it's one person. Yeah, one person. Is, is the math. But uh, yeah. I, I, let's talk about the sacrifice mm-hmm. because it's a much more difficult choice than just choose someone to sacrifice. Yes. It's choose someone to sacrifice and then you have to kill them. Yes. You know, lots of people jump on a grenade for somebody. Yeah. But, you know, you I jump on a grenade for my family, but it would be really hard for them to pull the pin and hand me that grenade. Yes. Um if if you know, in the heat of the moment trying to lay down my life to save somebody's life is one thing, but asking them to kill me is mm-hmm. much harder. But in the book, that's a legal thing. In the book, they didn't say anything that you about not being able to kill yourself. True. Yeah. And in but, fact, the and initial the initial sacrifice was invalid because Leonard did it. Arguably. But not quite. But maybe. Because <laughs> exactly. Leonard did what? Killed Wen by proxy of oh, oh, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. Andrew's hand. They were holding the gun, but it was said very clearly, Leonard squeezed. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and Leonard didn't mean to do it either. No. If, if we're to believe him. Yeah. And, you right. know, I one thing I like about this book is is the character moments. I like I like the fact that the, the perspective keeps shifting between mm-hmm. different people. It gives you lots of backstory. And so the, the characters are well fleshed out. Because you have a ton of unreliable out. narrators, though. <laughs> yeah, if they're reliable narrators. Yeah. Right? Um, and I, I kind of trust that it was. But, you know, it worked for me because what it kept doing is it kept walk, walking you up to the brink of a moment and then switching. Mm-hmm. Oh, now now here's what Eric was experiencing before that right. happened. Right. And then over to what Wen was experiencing. And so mm-hmm. it, the narrative greed worked well for me because I wanted to, to find out what what's the next thing that's happening. And so I had to get through, I had to plow through that. And that's why it went really quickly for me. And and there's lots of interesting stuff that, that Tremblay does with character POV because there's some first person stuff, there's some omniscient mm-hmm. stuff. And, and I'm not sure exactly stylistically why he did some of it, especially the very last one where it, kept, it, it even says we – a couple of times. So it's like from both Eric and Andrew's point of view. Yeah. I, th- I think that's like recently I've been, like I have a couple of friends who are like into movies. So we've been talking about a lot of like cinematography. And I think there's a couple weird things that I notice immediately in the movie. The first one is aside from really the very beginning and the very end, we don't see Eric and Andrew in the same shot. Mm. It's always the two of them. It's either like camera is um, Eric's point of view, looking at Andrew, Andrew's looking at Eric's, or the site where they're side by side, it's shot behind Leonard's head. 
So you see mm. is like Eric on one side and then Leonard's head and then shifts the other side, Leonard's head, then Eric and, and mm. Andrew. The two names. Yep. Yeah. It's kind um, of separating them. Yeah. yeah it, it's that kind of distinction. And I think after he gets hit on the head, they are never on the same side. Mm-hmm. Um, t- chalk it up to, I had a very sincere concussion. Right. Um, my Christian faith lets me believe in this, that this is actually happening kind of side as opposed to the more skeptical side. Yeah. They're, they're not on the same page right. after that. And I think it's a good way of showing. The yeah. other one that I thought was really interesting is the only violence they don't, sh- the violence they don't, because five people get killed. The murders you don't, the violence you don't see is the sacrifices. You really don't see any of the violence. Yeah. Uh, but it, it shows, cl- it, it shows it a lot more than one is described in the book. Sure. Um, the, the, the deadly violence you don't see. Deadly you do, violence, you do, yeah. you do see Andrew beating the crap out of, Redman. Yeah, yeah, and you also see uh, Andrew getting um, stabbed in the knee, knee, knee in the leg. By Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by <laughs> Sabrina. Yeah, but yeah. you don't see the, the sacrifices. Which okay. I thought was an interesting choice. Let's right. let's. I want to come back to that. Let's okay. let's move back to the book. The I, I want to talk about the faith element of it because you do have these two characters where one of them attends church mm-hmm. not regularly. Presumably not going to confession, so he should not be receiving the host. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm not Catholic, but I know that much. Um, <laughs> uh, then Andrew, who is very skeptical, agnostic, you know, right. um, dismissive of of Eric's faith in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. He, he tries not to be, but I feel like he still is. Yeah, yeah. That's called out more carefully in the book than it is in the movie. Yes, but yeah. yeah. The only yeah. time the faith is really mentioned in the movie is the the flashback where they're um, at the adoption agency and wherever one is from mm-hmm. and eric and i think andrew goes hey do you want to pray like i won't mind yeah when they're going to steal her yeah right because they're doing it under false pretenses yeah uh, because i don't know if that maybe that agency doesn't let gay people adopt most gay couples yeah. adopt most religious uh, adoption agencies in america don't do that yeah so from a faith perspective on this the, my being a christian would have almost no bearing well you know it would have bearing on on this because i would not believe and kind of the, the way Andrew does, right? If this is if if when sacrifice is not enough, and even though it wasn't a sacrifice, if her death is not enough, then f this God, right? Then then I've got no use for it. Yeah. Um, and to me, like the the whole thing of human sacrifice is much more an old God's cabin in the woods right. sort of thing. Yeah. And and I would not I, I would not be quick at all to accept that this is an apocalypse and and that I need to make this choice. Um, I. I'm skeptical of prophecies that come out of Christian churches, right? I mean, you see it all the time, right? There's <laughs> Christian churches that predict, that uh, predict the apocalypse, right, mm-hmm. all the time, and they're always wrong, and have for the last yeah. you know three to forty years that we know about for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To great com- comic effect. So I, I would I would be very <laughs> reluctant to believe any of this, and so I don't. I, we've talked about this uh, in terms of Eric and Andrew as a gay couple. That is a factor, right? Because. Here they're being asked to make a sacrifice for the entire world. And what do they owe the world, given the way the world has treated them? Yeah. And that, that's definitely, it's, it's brought up. In, I can't mm-hmm. remember if it was in the book or if it was in the movie. Uh, I think but it's in isn't there a yeah. difference between, like, let's suppose that, that, that God is real, mm-hmm. and it's real in the book and in the movie. Yeah. Okay? Uh, whether you perceive that the world owes you something or not, if God asks you to do something, then it really doesn't matter at that point. Sure, but you're not you're not accepting that message given given the way you've been treated by religious people, for instance. Sure. So it would make it hard for you to to believe that, um, and and to to take it on board. And I did I did wonder at some point, and I I, I googled it. Is uh, not get the or is Kevin at the end of the world anti-gay? Um, because essentially, there's a reading of it, and there's a Vanity Fair article that I sent you, right? That basically says uh, there's a reading of this movie where it's these two jaded gay people decide to just screw the world over uh, because because they couldn't have the compassion for the rest of the world. Um, and so you, that, that's that's a pretty dark <laughs> way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, but it is a valid reading of it. Right. It's a very skeptical reading of it, but yeah, it's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess. That's, that's one of my problems with the book. It yeah. allows that reading. Mm-hmm. And if right. if you were a religious person and you, uh, you entered, you went into it with that reading and yeah. it colored your view of gay people or, or people of color right. or anything else because of that, I don't want to be reading things like that. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't God asking them to make the sacrifice. It was the four yeah. horsemen. Right? right but and you're like, even, do I believe you? Right. Eh, no. Yeah, probably not. It, it's always it's it's any, <laughs> any of these situations throughout history, right? It's do you believe yeah. the messenger? Yeah. Right. Um, right. Like 
if some like random dude came up to me and said, hi, my name's Greg. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel was too much, too old school for me. I need you to do something for me. Right. Would you do it? Depends on what it is. Right. Kill, kill one of your children or, or right. your spouse. What if yeah. I can just maim them a whole bunch? <laughs> <laughs> can I just give them a, just a try little, that. little tap? Just, you know, take a little, take the pinky toe. I'll just take the pinky toe. <laughs> you don't need it. It's a decision anyway. You're good. They don't need their legs. <laughs> what was it? It's a Leonard shot first. Yes. <laughs> um, Sorry. I, I did notice uh, one, one thing that I had written down in the um, in talking about the book is it mentioned somebody knocks shaven a haircut. And it was something that I remember learning when I read uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, where it said somebody knocked shaving a haircut. I was like, what is shaving a haircut? You don't know what so, shaving a haircut You didn't know what shaving a haircut I did was? not know what it was until like three years ago. Seriously? Oh, wow. Um, I have failed. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That is a. I, I taught really you how to say crick. How did I not teach you about shaving a haircut? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I knew that one. Crossed, so. yes. Okay, so for anybody else who doesn't know, it's, you know, dun, 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 dun. two bits. Yeah. Well, depending on the state of inflation. Sure, I suppose that's true. Yeah, yeah. 875. <laughs> um, so we were talking about um, the unreliable narrators, right? Yeah. And, and that's another interesting thing in the book is that Eric is concussed. And Eric is mm-hmm. the one with the faith connection and he sees something. But yes. you know, we never really know if that's just him being light sensitive and, and yeah. you know, having hallucinations. Yeah, they yeah. really yes. undermine that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and in the movie, yeah. it's even – it's so subtle – it happened, and he talked about it happening. Mm-hmm. I never saw it. Right, he just. I saw a bright flash. Yeah, and, and there. Oh, you missed have... the reflection in the mirror. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Really? No, I I saw the reflection in the mirror, but but it, I don't know. I, I'd have to see it a couple more times. And this is the problem of not having it available mm. on demand. Yes. There's another thing that I wanted to know, um, because there's a. Wen writes down all the names of the grasshoppers. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I would swear that the names of the grasshoppers are the same as the last name of the horseman, but. I'm probably wrong. Oh, really? Oh. Um, <laughs> in the book, they're the name of her schoolmates, and that's that's called right. out in yeah. particular. Right, right. And also, I think because there were more grasshoppers in the jar than there were horsemen. At the, yeah, there's yeah. like seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, um, the, in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. I want to know if they died or not. Right, yeah. We, we, we never really get that moment. I thought that was going to be the freakout moment um, when mm-hmm. when Andrew or Eric tells when, remember what you did on, you know, at some point, and she starts distracting them so they can get out of their bonds so oh yeah andrew can go get the gun on thanksgiving right. thanksgiving, <laughs> thanksgiving. Yeah, right. yeah yeah i love how I it's like hey we need to like get the grandparents out of here do something now <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> um but uh yeah i thought maybe she was gonna start freaking out and saying i need to find the grasshopper i need to go check the grasshoppers oh because she's um, worrying about that in the book yeah right I, I feel like the movie goes for more of the metaphor of the grasshoppers in in the jar that she's experimenting on um that you could you could a reading of the book would be there's alien overlords. Um, have you ever seen The Forgotten? Um, Julianne Moore. Yeah. Linus Roach. Uh, where, where essentially there's aliens that are are messing with our reality. Or Dark City. Mm-hmm. Um, things where there's there's forces beyond our understanding that are manipulating our reality. Even right. the first season of Fringe, right? Right. The, the, the series of events they're calling right. the pattern where it looks like somebody's performing experiments on our reality. You could read it that way. Like there's an alien influence. Uh, that's causing all these things, all these things to legitimately happen, and deluding these people into believing, you know, sending them uh, three body problem style messages, messages right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and changing things. So that's that's one way to to kind of look at it. Is the, there's another option other than these are just cultists who are absolutely insane, or <laughs> they're actually sent by God. There's there's other possible. It's a simulation. There we go. That's what it's, I was. It's, it's a simulation. More, it's more the cabin in the woods style than it is <laughs> yeah. apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. So um, funny. Okay, so when I was reading the book, not having seen the movie, Wen dies, and I had a really hard time accepting it. And and I thought, okay, well, this is we're gonna we're gonna flip back to her perspective at some point. She's just they just winged her, you know. She lost some blood. She lost consciousness. Uh, no, they shot her right in the head. Right and she the was dead. Yeah. Um. This this was quite shocking to me. I imagine to you as well. Uh. You guys. Yeah. That's yeah, that's honestly what I was, I was expecting me. it to go like the movie. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think I wasn't expect. Yeah. Granted, it's an, it's an unexpected in the book, but I think right. having seen the movie, I don't. I think it was even more unexpected. Yeah, right. You know, having having her shot in the book, I think uniquely positioned Eric and Andrew for being unable to make that decision. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, right. Um, it sets up the ambiguity of the lack of their. It sets up the lack of their choice. I was. I'll say versus the ambiguity. Yeah, they, they worked really. Yeah, the the horsemen worked really hard to get them to believe this is true to the point of sacrificing themselves one at a time. Right? Yeah, right? right. And then she accidentally dies because of them trying. You know, Eric and Andrew trying to escape, and mm-hmm. Leonard trying to stop them. Yeah, and yeah. 
at that point, you know, you just are responsible for the death of my only child. Right. Mm-hmm. So at that point, there will be no decision. Yeah. Right. It, it's off the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it definitely felt like, uh, it seems like Leonard definitely thought that one of the guys would, would choose one of the other guys, right? Like, I think especially- He's, he's of, always like, Wayne, you'll be fine. They're not going to, you know, yeah. sacrifice you. Right? Yeah. And he says that to her in the book. <laughs> Several yeah. times. And yeah. I think no, says, nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah. And then, and then you know, he seems to feel ter- terrible about it, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then he, oh, yeah. I told her nothing would happen to her. He's kind of like for, forewarning that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a long, I mean, the first real- long dialogue we get from i mean the, most of the book is dialogue yeah right other than the character flashback stuff mm-hmm. um but we get a really long one from sabrina about the entire process of of how this all came to be and i thought that was really interesting and and we got a little bit of it in the movie it was earlier mm-hmm. um when when i think when she was patching up eric she kind of give, right. gives that in the movie mm-hmm. um, and we will switch over to just talking about the movie shortly i think <laughs> um there there's a way that she talks about it at the end where she's she's trying to convince them. And this is where the, the order of deaths changes in the book, yeah. where Sabrina is the last survivor. And she keeps trying to convince them, you know, I, I'm going to help you escape, but you this this is real. And, and she keeps saying, I tell you, Eric, I tell you, Andrew. And it reminded me very much of like Jesus in the Gospels, I tell you the truth. Oh, um, that's that, that hmm. was, I, yeah. I think he was evoking that. Right. Um, but I could be just reading that into it as a... Yeah. As a Christian, yeah, who knows the Bible, yeah, yeah, yep. That's also but, another thing that I kept forgetting about is, like, they, they the the book does a very good job of not giving you like an answer whether it's actually happening. There, I feel like there's still yeses and noes. I think I think that there's clues on both sides. Yeah, um, you can 100 percent decide. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like I think this, the thing that kind of decided for me that this more on the actually happening side was towards the very end when Sabrina is talking with Eric and Andrew at the, at the car. It sounds like some of her actions and the way they're described doesn't sound like she's in control. Right. As she goes to shoot herself in the head, she does this mid-sentence. Which right. She's still talking to them. As yeah, happens, as yeah. as it happens, it's mm-hmm. like it's like I think it's described as like robotic or automatic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like she's a marionette. Yeah. yeah, that's called out several times, especially when they march and stand behind Redman and kill him. Right. Yeah. yeah. They seem to go into a trance whenever they do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I found the book very violent. Um, in in terms of the de- description of especially when Redman oh, yeah. oh yeah. it was, it was nasty the oh because Leonard there. comes at the yeah. end you know big yeah. Leonard with the big hammer on the end of his weapon mm-hmm. and just caves in his rib cage was it his weapon or was it Redman's it was I, I didn't get the impression Leonard had one no no they, he does they have four okay. yeah each of them have a weapon okay. I was listening to the audiobook the other day and I, I I thought it talked about that was somebody else's that Leonard actually oh. didn't have one. I thought they had weapons. I thought all four of them had weapons. Yeah. There was a difference between the book and the movie. In the movie, it says that Redmond made everybody's weapon. Right. And in the in the book, I don't remember if it calls that out or not, but... Sabrina talked about making her own. Yeah. 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 Um, I did listen to the audiobook. After, so I read, I read the book, and then we saw the movie, and then I listened to the audiobook. Okay. And it's not a very good audiobook. It's one of those ones where... It's a female narrator for some reason, and, and even though most of the character viewpoint is from men, and so you're going to have to be doing a male voice, mm. and this lady had one gear for, oh. for male voices, and they just sounded dumb as a mud fence. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't, didn't care for that. There was no character differentiation. I couldn't tell if it was Leonard or Eric or, or mm-hmm. Andrew. So back to the weapons. Did anyone else understand what the weapons were supposed to look like. They're described individually, but I could not picture any of them aside from the one with the great big hammer on the end. The, the one that I think they're described in the book is like improvised from garden tools. Yeah. Yeah. And I did kind of get that vibe from like hammer than like the three, like, like garden fork like kind of, fork. Vi- yeah. Pitchfork yeah. kind of thing at the end. I pictured one of them looking kind of like a sunflower, but made of metal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I but think, then, what I think kind of weapon is like that? A garden hoe on the back end. Like, like one to take some skin off of <laughs> Redmond's face. Yeah. I think yeah. My, my vision was tainted by the movie. So I'm like, oh, that's yeah. what this is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. Well, with just, like, the movie just like you definitely pictured uh, Dave Bautista. Is right. Movie. Exactly. Which I did yeah. too, just because I had already seen the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though he's described as younger in the book. Oh, yeah. He's right. described as mid 20s, I believe. Yeah. Like yeah. just yeah. out of college. Mm-hmm. So I like the way the book was written. I thought there was interesting use of metaphor. Um, and there was, there was one that I particularly liked where he said, the gray, this gray sky is a smear, a neuromancer sky, dead and anachronistic, which is a reference to the, the first line of neuromancer, which says, the sky above the port was the color of television tuned to a dead channel, which, of course, we remember, like, the snow yeah. <laughs> that you get on a dead channel. Yeah. Now, nowadays, it's blue. But um, it, yeah. it worked in the 80s. 
But uh, yeah, I, I like evoking yeah. metaphors that evoke other metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, should we talk about the movie? Sure. sure. We've been talking about the movie. We, we have, yeah, been it's about like, it. yeah. <laughs> so my, my biggest problem with the movie is it, it basically just rings all the ambiguity out. Everything that you could think of from, from the who is Redmond, really? Right. Yeah. To, to is the apocalypse happening? I guess that's basically. And there's no twist. Well, the twist is there's no twist. No, I mean, so let's, let's talk about this. The, the twist is that it's real. Yes, the yeah. twist is that it's real. I guess. I don't know. I was really expecting Sense of the Shadow the movie to be a lot more twisty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about this. The book is kind of dark because it's potentially the end of the world, but it's ambiguous right. enough that you could go, no, they, they escaped. Their daughter is dead. Mm-hmm. That is not, not cheery. Did you find the movie ending more upbeat? I mean, it had boogie shoes. <laughs> My, That's a nod back to uh, yeah. my biggest complaint with the end of that. This <laughs> sounds so dumb. The, my biggest complaint with the end of that movie was that it wasn't Boogie Shoes all the way through the credits. Mm. Oh, I, I, they had like that it was like that would have been cool. It was like they turned it on yeah. in the car and they turned it off. They get to the place and they start driving <laughs> away, and then it transitions like this big orchestral score. I'm like, yeah. no, just give me that song again. That would have yeah. been cool to have the movie keep playing or the the song keep playing. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> There's not much to the score. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of present and in the background. Mm-hmm. There's right. no like big kind of moments or whatever. It's just this kind of steadiness underneath. Yeah. Right. So like Colin was saying earlier, you think the movie experience would have been better if you hadn't read the book first because you, there's there's not much anticipation left. Right. And I felt the right. same way where I'm like, I don't know if this is tense or not because I already know in broad mm-hmm. strokes what's going to happen, even if there's changes. Yeah. You know, I pretty much know what's going to happen. Did Did you find there was any building of tension? I mean, were you surprised when, at any point, when they when they sacrificed uh, no. Redmond? No, really? Yeah, mm. no. Would it have been more impactful if they had shown more of it? No, I was gonna say I, I think so. I think the movie could have been more violent. It was rated gory, I yeah, suppose. It was rated yeah. R. You absolutely could have right? leaned into that. Yeah, because that would have been. It, I think it would have been. I would have liked to see the more of the gore and then the effect that had on Eric and Andrew. Mm-hmm. When. Yeah, they took so much gore out of that movie yeah. that when Leonard slits his throat, no one gets a blood spray. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is Im- yeah. not even plausible. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think it wasn't gory enough to actually get the effect of the gore on the yeah. people being if, shown if, the gore. If I could have made one change, I would have made it so that Redmond's sacrifice would have been more mm-hmm. explicit. And then later on, you can right. cut away from the other ones, and you know because what's I happening. think then all the sacrifices are more impactful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's necessarily the gore. I think it's their reaction afterwards. Is mm. it's yeah. in the book? It's mentioned that, and we didn't we didn't get either of those in the movie, really. Yeah. The thing is, they were told this was going to happen. They yeah. were not only told what to do, where to go, what to prep, what not mm-hmm. to bring, and what to bring. They were told what was going to happen. They yeah. were told, you're going to do this, and they're going to fail, and you're going to die. In this order. Yeah. yeah and and in this there's order. There's a difference being, to- being told what's going to happen and actually seeing it happen. Right. Well, and they, they probably all went into it. I mean, other than Redmond seemed pretty – he was first in the order. So maybe he was right. most likely to be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. this isn't happening. <laughs> the the yeah, other right. ones, you know, hope springs <laughs> eternal, right? Yeah. Right. And especially the, – the movie makes it more explicit that the sacrifice of one of the four horsemen releases a plague. You know, not a plague, but a you know, not a little. The movie, in, yeah. In one the case. movie or the book? The movie. The did, movie I say, yeah. did I say the book? I don't know. It does both. Yeah. <laughs> the, the movie, or sorry, the, the book didn't all make of, that explicit. All of it's more explicit in the movie, in my yeah. opinion, after mm-hmm. reading yeah. the book. After because the I think they That's are trying why, to set yeah. up that this so, is actually happening versus yeah. the, is this actually happening. I, I felt, yeah. Yeah. This is actually happening if you believe that what's on the TV, if you don't buy my mm-hmm. DVR theory or whatever. Yeah. Right. Is this happening because, you know, is there a connection between the actual event, the, the sacrifice of Redmond, and then the the floods of you, Cannon Beach, gone. Right. Uh, so <laughs> Appreciate nor- seeing Oregon monuments North, destroyed. Yeah, yeah Northwest Connection. Yeah. I mean, it's straight out of the book. I dug it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Enjoyed but, the wall of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that was pretty horrific. Yeah, I was yeah. the beach shot. I was like, <laughs> you know, people wouldn't be running away. They'd be like, why is the water going out that way? Because they mm. they wouldn't necessarily know that is... Incoming that, wave. People oh. on the coast know. I know that. People on the coast should. Yeah, the tourists also, don't. Yeah, not people in Canada Beach. That's true. Sorry, not to harp on people in Canada Beach, but majority of people there are morons because they're tourists. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Canada Beach is lovely. You know, Insomnia Coffee Company obviously was destroyed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I know, because on, on the way back from the theater, Dad and I were talking about like, oh, like we're kind of safe here in the valley. I'm like, yeah, if it was going to affect us, like that that kind of quake or a tsunami probably has the potential to try and do something depending on how localized it is. Yeah, I mean, a 50-foot wall of water isn't going to get to Portland. Right? No, right. it has to go all the way up the Columbia, all the way down the Willamette, then across back the up the Tualatin River. Yeah. It wouldn't go across. If it was across the coast range, I think we have bigger things <laughs> have to bigger, worry about. Yeah, right? <laughs> At that point, you're the water's the least of your problems. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, earthquake could definitely have bad effects. But, you know, the, the Pacific subduction zone is a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cascadia well, isn't that what supposedly happened? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the first the first earthquake, which they knew about, right. triggered the second triggered one, the second which one. they didn't know about. Right. Um, and that was one of the things, right? This the, the book always struggles with with ambiguity and credibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like all of that was removed in the movie. It was even yeah. to the point of Redmond, right? Mm-hmm. Andrew thinks that this is the guy, but there's a there's a famous Alfred Hitchcock episode where a guy's wife gets raped and severely beaten. Mm. And he's, you know, after months of treatment and therapy, she's ready to go home. And on the way home, she says, that's the guy. That's the guy. Mm. And so her husband stops the car, parks around the corner, goes around and kills him. Mm-hmm. And he's shaking and he's, he's like, I can't believe I did that, but at least it's over now and I can give my wife peace. And they get back in the car and they start driving again. And she starts pointing out that's the guy. every guy. Oh. No, no, that that's the guy. That's the guy. That's oh, the guy. Oh, and I wonder oh, if that's what Andrew goes through as part of his life. Mm. Because he's been beaten and he never right. has a chance to confront the person uh, who did it or get closure from it, if he has this, this ongoing, I can't trust people, I have to be safe, mm-hmm. I go get protection, I train myself for boxing, I get a gun, even though my husband doesn't want me to have one, mm-hmm. and I bring it on the trip, even though my husband really didn't want me to have it on the trip, in the movie... The guy has <laughs> has his yeah. license. It's the guy. Right. And he's lying about his name to the other three people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the part that bugged me with that is, why the hell didn't he have the magazine loaded in the movie? <laughs> right. It's a safety thing. In, in yeah. The, no, having the gun unloaded is a safety thing. Having the magazine loaded is perfectly fine. <laughs> oh, okay. That does yeah. build more drama. Yeah. And, yeah, and you have to give her time to dumb. whack you in the knee. Right. In, in the book, it was a revolver. No, he gets whacked in the knee so, before that. Yeah. Though. It was in the book. It was a five-shot revolver. Yeah, in the book oh, it was yeah. a five-shot revolver. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it made sense to to not store right. the bullets in the gun. Right. Yeah, for that part makes sense. Yeah, I, it, I felt like the movie could in have, the movie though. I'm like seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the movie could have done it. Like, even if you had like this resolved ending, mm-hmm. I think they could have done a better job trying to set up that ambiguity till a little later. Well, I mean, it does. You know, it shows the gay bashing scene, right? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and. You don't get an actual look at Redmond's face. It no. looks a lot like Ron right. Weasley. Um, and w- which, We're in a cap. Way, I thought Rupert Grint was really good. Oh, yeah. Um, well, in the movie, I, didn't, I don't know. I've, I guess after reading the book and maybe in the movie, uh, it didn't really seem like it was explicitly because he was gay in the movie. Right, right. right? It, there's, there, there weren't quite explicitly because he was gay yeah. in the book. There, yeah, yeah, he uses a slur in the book that... Yeah. that most screenwriters are not going to put into it. Right. Yeah. So in, yes. the, in the movie, it was, it was a random, it kind of seemed like a random attack, I guess. Yeah, but, but but it also changed it so that it was Eric and Andrew talking to each other, obviously, you know, on a date kind of thing. Yeah. Where, yeah. where in the in the book, he's talking with an, a, right. a another, straight friend of his. Another couple. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and this jerk in the bar had figured out somehow that he was gay and right. decided that he was right. going to break a bottle on it. Or decided he was gay whether he was or wasn't. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I kind of felt about the movie. I was like, I mean, yeah, it could just be two dudes talking to in yeah. the bar. I, I didn't like think we needed to find out that it was really him. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It does make it an interesting point. Why him? Right. If you were going to pick someone mm-hmm. who is supposed to come in and convince three people that one of them has to die and they're supposed to do it, you don't pick someone that has assaulted you and yeah. that doesn't, ha- you know, you don't do things that way. Right. Yeah. Unless he's supposed to go and be be the penitent one, right? Yeah. You're going to go and you're going to sacri- you're going to be sacrificed and this is part of the justice you have to go through because of what you did. Yeah. Well, the- I, I thought he pulled it off really well when he's pulling the, the thing on and his look of like he looked scared. And then and then like it's like there was the yeah. moment where the programming took over and he said a portion of the world has been judged. Yeah. In the movie, they kind of specify towards the end like these are the horsemen. Right. They're kind of mentioned as like I think I feel like it's more of a throwaway line in the book. Yeah. By Eric. Mhm. Um, but yeah, the, he's, he's saying, look, I get, I get the metaphor. Yes. Right. I, I like, I understand this is a thing <laughs> anyways, yeah. but in the movie, the four horsemen are, um, nurturing guidance, healing and malice. I thought that was absolute crap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. but here's the thing, here's the thing. 
I think it had to be Redmond because of the malice. Yeah. Because of that personal thing. Like mm. all the all mm. all four of the horsemen helped or showed their character. Uh, I had a word that was not the right one. Um, <laughs> showed like the the persona of their horsemen. Sure. Leonard was trying to t- say so he's like I'm going to tell you the truth in the like in the movie. I'm going to tell you the truth. He's trying to guide when he's trying to mm. give them his choice. Um, nurturing cooks them the meal that we don't really see much of, but I wish they showed more of the cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, gets healed, but if the fourth horseman is malice, how do you show that to two people? He, he brought has, it with him. It had already it happened. With, it yeah. already happened. Okay, oh, okay. and so that's why I think it had to be him. Sure, it had to be him, but you didn't have to tell us that it was him. Yeah, Show, showing him and not ever showing his face, I, I feel like, is perfectly acceptable ambiguity. You can look at it yeah. and go, "Oh yeah, oh, it was yeah. definitely we, him." Leave it. We, did, we didn't need to see yeah, the license yeah. to know it a hundred percent. I don't think. Well, because we never see his face in the flashback. It's always kind of like a, it's like a sideways glance. It's mm-hmm. the only way to know a hundred percent, though, because yeah. neither Andrew nor Eric truly saw his face, right. but he knew his name, mm-hmm. and yeah. so with his driver's license it's conclusive yeah. right for, for the audience though and, and and that goes back to my seeing seeing the violence part i feel like seeing the violence yeah eric and andrew are seeing it obviously but yeah. we as the audience are not and so we're not shocked by it and, and i did see an, an interview with m night Shyamalan about pulling back from that and saying not showing it lets the the viewer fill in and make it worse possibly but for me, it doesn't work that way usually. Right. Because you read the book I, first, I, and you I, to I'm already desensitized to it. So. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it just I think that's kind of a thing in general about just being desensitized to violence. But also, yeah. do you think that because you knew how in what way he was he in what way he was sacrificed in the book made the lack of violence different? Like you read the you read you watched the movie. Did you picture the violence? Um, did you picture Redmond's sacrifice different from how it was portrayed in the book? From reading the book afterward? After yeah, from reading the book. It's so like, from the movie, like, did you have any thoughts, like, how, like, because also the way he's murdered in the book is very different, where it's... Yeah, it's just much more descriptive it's, it's not yeah. quick. Yeah. It's it's not quick, and... They take their time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt, yeah, I felt, I guess I felt like in the movie it was quicker, because you, you did get the quick thunk, mm-hmm. or thud, yeah. you know, in the movie, and then it was kind of just over. Mm-hmm. Do you wish that there were, um, like, I, I feel like, a, like... No, I, no, I mean, back yeah, to my yeah, previous yeah. statement, I wish it would have been more shocking. Yeah. Way to be explicit and everything else except that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand. It's a choice as a filmmaker, but, and I, you know, yeah. I respect it. I, I just don't necessarily agree with it. So. Right. If you're sensitive to gore, mm-hmm. you can go to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And you will not be gored out. Yeah. Right. True. The most gory thing we really see. What's the, ah. Yeah. I think the stabbing when Redmond gets the big spear through the chest in the end. Oh, the big hammer. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. I, I was. I think I was telling you guys the other day that I read a book all about historical methods of execution. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> and and one of them was called "Being yep. Broken on the Wheel," where yes. where you're strapped down to a right. to a thing, you know, kind of spread eagled, yep. and then they just go and they break all your bones, and yep. if you bribe the executioner, you can get him to hit you hit you in the chest first, right, or early on, um, and uh, and mm-hmm. so that's kind of the way Leonard finished him off was the the, blood the mercy kill, cave in the ribcage, right. yeah. I think if I hadn't seen the trailer, I still would have pictured Dave Bautista from the the character or like Michael Clark Duncan or somebody, you know, that oh, right. preternaturally large. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I, Dave Bautista's had an interesting career. I, I feel like he's made some some interesting choices. And I thought he was really good. Oh, Dan and I were debating about this a while ago, which was I, I like Dave Bautista as, an, as a wrestler turned actor better than The Rock. Sure. I mean, The, the, the Rock generally, like he succeeds on charm. Yes. And and Dave Bautista is trying right. some some other things, right? He's he's not always winking, and I feel like The Rock is almost always winking. I, I yeah. feel like yeah. I feel like like a bunch of characters, The Rock has become like typecast. Sure. Like if you get Ryan Reynolds in a movie, like I just see Ryan Reynolds, like, okay, it's gonna be like a middle eight sarcastic guy going like dad yeah. kind of character. Okay, if you want one that's not that way, watch Safe House. That's a m- much that. more he's against type in that one. It's a good movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. Safe House, isn't that Denzel Washington? Yep. So so like that's well, I, like I think he does a really good job of that. I feel like the way he described in the book is like a gentle giant. Yes. And, and he pulls it off really well in the movie. He yeah. pulls it off really well. Like I can't really yeah. like, granted because I saw the movie first. Did you guys picture like a different type of person? You guys mentioned kind of like, like did you picture a, di- a different person in that role? No, no. Cause I'd seen the trailer. Yeah. So, so Dave Bautista was in my head and, and I, I, you know, I really enjoy him. And, and he, the thing is like, he does comedy really well. Oh Obviously, yeah. His Drax is funny, funny, uh, Stuber. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that movie. That movie no. Which one? Uh, Stuber. Um, it's the I don't think so. uh, no. Camille Nanj- Nanjiani. Um, 
movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen after Dave Bautista gets his eyes dilated and then he's trying to drive. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So anything else about the movie? Uh, It reminds me of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes. Yeah. Where the twist is, gosh, they were really right all along. And that's the, I hate the ending of that movie. I hate it so much. I think it's a great twist though. It's this whole, oh, she's, she's free. She can, and oh, she should have stayed in (laughs) and she was wrong the whole time. (laughs) There's a great story in uh, The End is Nigh, which was a John Joseph Adams short story anthology. Mm -hmm. It was all about basically pre-apocalypse. And then he did one, The End is Here, and then The End has Come. So it was (laughs) was called The Apocalypse Triptych, Triptych, I think that's the way it's pronounced. It's it's got a lot of letters. Yeah. and and in that one, there's there's a, a doomsday prophet who predicts the end of the world, and then you know he's right up against the date when it's supposed to happen, and realizes this isn't going to happen. I need to get out of here so these people don't kill me. <laughs> and so he takes off, and the moment he leads, leaves, the world ends, oh. <laughs> and he's stuck on the outside um, instead of in his in his Oops. nice cult uh, place. I don't remember the name of the story. I'll try and find it. But. What about the movie? Were you were you not looking forward to, Colin? <laughs> Uh, or what did you think was going to be? Because I have a, I have a feeling it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> right, right. Shall I find the text of Colin's excitement <laughs> for the movie? Sure. Yeah, because uh, you the know, text, I wasn't looking forward to the little messages. girl being killed. I wasn't looking yeah, forward to the okay. the moral ambiguity. That's what I kind of figured. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't looking forward to the. You know, I'm a man of faith. I'm a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. I. God has done some incredible things over the years. Sure. Right. And a lot of them are documented, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there really wasn't anything like this. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when, uh, when Isaac goes up on the hillside with his son, I'm going to do that backwards. <laughs> Abraham. When Abraham. Abraham goes up the hill and he's supposed to sacrifice right. Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, if, right. if I was in that situation, I guess I'd be hoping that right before I'm going to pull the trigger or swing the weapon that God mm-hmm. says, just kidding. Good, okay. Good. It's, it's good. <laughs> but no, that's not what happens. Right. Um, yeah, I, was, I, was, I thought it was funny because given the text chain, you you seem very not wanting to go to this movie because you read the book, so right? Th- right. This, this and, is what you and said. And then after, and then when we were done with the movie, like you were not as morose as you were going into it, right? right. <laughs> yeah, because this 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 <laughs> particular version of the story has a definitive ending, and it's yeah. it's a positive one. I, I want to challenge that. I'll come back to it in a minute. But okay, you don't have to be positive about it, but I can. And, yes, and yes. you can disagree with my positivity, <laughs> but you can't take it away. No, no, no. I, okay. I, I, I will say why I don't think it's as positive as, as you. But, yeah. I, um, I was no. just bringing attention and appreciating your yeah. your change in uh, yeah, yeah. character, I suppose. Yeah, we, we came out of the movie so. and I said to James, <laughs> uh, Colin 100% enjoyed that more than the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, was very we were going to go on cheap night on Tuesday, right? Yeah. And then you realized you had double booked yourself and you couldn't do it. And you said, you guys go ahead and go watch that steaming pile of crap movie without me. <laughs> right. Um, I think the ending is really quite dark um, because now you have Andrew and Wen who have survived and have averted the apocalypse, which is, you know, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, the- they, they've lost this man in their life that they love. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now they have to live the rest of their lives knowing that if they had acted sooner, tens of thousands of people would have lived. And they have to deal with that guilt. Unless they're missing throws. Then they're no. Okay. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the pro-God side of this again okay. and say, uh, God brought them to the point where they no longer had any doubt about when what needed to happen. And then they did what they needed to do. So the earlier deaths of all the people on the Oregon coast and of the Plains, the, of the China virus. <laughs> who was all necessary perhaps Uh, that's very calvinistic really Um, very kind of deterministic credit where it's due the the book predicts a a, well i think it predicted like a bird flu uh, pre-pandemic because it was 2018 yeah yeah well i mean to go along with i guess calling is why it's if it was part of god's plan so you can accept it as that and then sure not experience the guilt. Right? But you'd still, I, I feel like it would still be there. Right? Perhaps, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You have to come to terms with it, just like losing your husband and your father. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I also thought it was a little odd that, like I was saying earlier, it's one thing to offer to sacrifice yourself. It's another thing to be forced to kill someone who's willing to sacrifice themselves. Yeah. yeah. Have to, right. Having and, to choose a sacrifice. Yeah. And so if I'm the person who comes to believe it, I feel like it's on me to pull the trigger. And, you know, the, the movie doesn't mm-hmm. allow the suicide option. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So so you can't do it that way. Where in the, in the 
book, he comes to that moment and, and where Eric is getting ready to kill himself. And, and Andrew talks him out of it, and that's how the, the book ends. Yeah. Um, and so it stays much more true to that. The person with the conviction should be the one pulling the trigger, where in the movie, it, it flips that. And I feel like Eric should have had to kill Andrew, and that, that would have made more sense to follow through on the conviction. Because it's much, it's much more to ask of someone who doesn't believe it. It makes me wonder, did Andrew come to faith after that? I, I th- faith? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I don't think I would be attracted to, the, to a religion that worshipped a god that demanded that. Whether you're attracted to a religion or a god, as as you're watching the planes fall out of the sky behind Leonard as he slits his own throat, mm-hmm. the the there is no more doubt about what is going on. Right. right. But, but the only the only doubt is what's the character of this deity? Because it's obviously not Jesus. So it's not the Christian faith. You know, just to throw a wrench into the works, that's what a lot of Jewish people said when Jesus came. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And so should God want to alter the contract a third time? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not for us to decide or judge. Pray and alter it. Assuming that we don't believe that our scriptures are complete. (laughs) Because if our scriptures are complete, sacrifice once for all, right? It doesn't really leave room for, for, uh, I mean, the Mormons would say that there's a a second advent of of Christ. Right. Right. So uh, we we appear to be winding out a little bit. Peter, uh, you know, kind of anything else you want to say about the movie? And I'm not sure if you are malice or if you're compassion or care, <laughs> or nurturing. Sure. I'm, I'm apathy. Those are completely different from the four original Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Oh, the yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of complete thoughts about this movie or book in general. That's okay. Okay, so uh, we've been rambling for a while and, and recorded something to go in the outtakes uh, about M. Night Shyamalan movies because we were going to do it and it, I'm, I'm not going to put it in earlier in the movie. And the cuckoo clock went while we were talking about it, which means it's dinner time. <laughs> cuckoo, um, cuckoo. So, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk rankings. Uh, Peter, would you like to rank them first? Um, I'm going to have to take the movie over the book. Okay, that's acceptable. No further comments. Good thing you didn't ride with your dad because um, your dad never does that. No, <laughs> except oh, for today. Never. Drum <laughs> uh, yeah. roll, please. Yeah, I, I yeah. Movie or book? Movie or book? Well, I mean, there, there's definitely ample precedent that you've set where if the material is something that you don't like, you usually take the shorter version of it, which is almost always <laughs> the movie. Um, but in this case, too, it had it had the more uh, concise an, an ending that could be interpreted as uplifting. I don't take it that way, but yeah, but I but I get it. So, and like I said, you drove off, and I said to James, I'm like, Colin, 100% like that better than the book. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. James? Movie book. Okay. I'm going to go book Make movie. Make unanimous. <laughs> oh. no, no, I, I like the ambiguity. And, and, you know, I'm the guy who likes the downer ending sometimes. And um, so I, I think if the movie had done a little less of the paving out of the ambiguities, I would have yeah. liked it more. Yeah. So, I, I would like to have had them pull into that diner and look at the TV and just go, <gasps> and then cut, you know, and then you have to decide, are they, are they saying, oh, this is all still going on or it looks like everything's I, I think there's an earlier sign about that that's actually happened, that actually happened, which is the clear skies. Because yeah. when they leave the cabin, it's raining. The lightning's still going on, yeah. Lightning's still going on. It's starting to rain, which I can, mm-hmm. which typically is kind of considered like the cleansing. Yeah. Or it's, it's like the... And the cabin burned down, eliminating all the evidence, because right. otherwise he's going to be convicted of Sweet. Eric's murder. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, that's, that's the other interesting thing, is there's absolutely no evidence for Andrew and Wen to say that they saved the world. Right. 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 Or what happened to Eric? Or go to jail. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be an awkward Thanksgiving, is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where's Eric? I, I mean, he left us. Well, no. I mean, you can say we were attacked by four people. Their bodies are back there, along with Eric's. Yeah. You, you all the evidence is there. Lost during all the upheaval. Right. Yeah. He, he was on one of those planes. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to lie because it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's all burned down. It's a smoking ruin now. Sure. But they all have dental records. Yeah. And I think they still had O'Bannon's wallet and. Mm, yeah, that's true. And his truck. Mm-hmm. So there's. Pin it, pin it all on Ron Weasley. Wait, did I say movie book or book movie? You movie said movie book. book. Well, you tried to make I'm me. I'm my mind. Book then. movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> due, to, due to all the problems with the movie. Yeah. All okay. the problems. I mean, I enjoyed the movie, and 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 I mean, we never really said that about the the, the overall things. I I did enjoy yeah. the movie, and I enjoyed. The no, movie. I, I did like the movie. I I really like yeah Bautista's performance. Oh lot, yeah, but, absolutely. Um, you said the book was sloggy though. Yeah, but I wish the movie all had much more stuff from the book in it, like the gore and the uh, mm. the amb- ambiguity and, and all that jazz. Okay, I mean, I bought the book, so I'll, and I I, kinda, I like the ending in the book better. Hmm. Yeah, I like an ambiguous ending, but I feel like the movie 
honestly, the child killing for me was like a instant movie over book. Yeah, it's that, yeah. that is that is. Tough. Although I did, I, mean, I did appreciate the changes in the movie. I guess. You some, could, I mean, yeah. some of the changes in the movie, like not killing one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you could make the argument that for parents, right, the death of their child is the end of their world. They had already yeah. experienced that, and so they're like, "Well, look, okay, screw everybody else. Our world already ended." Would you have liked the book if Wen's death was accepted as a sacrifice? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't like it being real, and that that's one thing I prefer about the the book is it lets me go. These were just crazy cultists, yeah, right, hmm. or something, or we're living in a simulation, or it's the you know uh, dark city matrix, uh, yes, the matrix, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, uh, you know, all I'm saying is that for our next episode, we will probably be down to three podcasters. Is it because we sacrificed one of them? Who knows? <laughs> you know, but if the world doesn't end, then. You can thank us. Mm-hmm. So are we doing science fiction again on our next podcast? Sort of. Science fiction. Sci- we're doing sci-fi in the next podcast. <laughs> sci-fi. <laughs> because we, we discovered, I think we talked about it a while back, that Time Cop was originally a graphic novel character, or a comics character. And mm-hmm. we found those Dark Horse comics. I ordered them from eBay, and we have all three of them. And uh, so we're going to read those, and we're going to watch the movie with J.C. Yes. Um, yes. And that should be awesome. And all this kicky glory. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to do the splits on your counter while, while a taser electrocutes people. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, so tune, tune in next time. Let us know what you thought of the, the book and movie, if you've read both of them. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you next month. So bye, everybody. Ciao. Oh. See ya. Uh, what? May the road rise up to meet you, and may the universe not end. And may the book always follow up into where you left off. James has already left the table. Stop recording. <laughs> all right. Hitting stop now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one thing we haven't talked about yet are, Sh- are Shyamalan movies in general. Oh, that is true. Oh, yeah. I did want to talk yeah, right. So there's a couple of things to talk about. One is... Uh, I'll, I'll put this in the outtakes. Definitive, yeah. the, the definitive ranking of Shyamalan, Shyamalan movies. Uh, no, yeah. I haven't seen them all. Given Shyamalan movies, did you really expect the world to end? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I expected a twist. And lack of twist is not a twist. Oh, it's a, there's a total twist. <laughs> and it comes in two, at least two different ways. Wait, what? Okay. In so, the movie? Enlighten me. Just in the movie. Uh, uh, so I talked about my, my twist, right? I was expecting this book to be faithful, this movie to be faithful to the book, mm-hmm. and it is completely not. And that is a major twist. Yeah. This this book is vaunted because of its ambiguity and the things that you can read about and talk about because of it. Right. This movie does not have that. Yeah. It is firmly I set in stone. That a twist. That's an adaptation. Adaptation nuance. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I mean, and when didn't die? That's another big twist. Yeah. No, that's the difference between the fucking movie, not a twist. I expected a movie in the twist based on my experience with yeah. M1, uh, sure. movies. Okay, okay, but let me, let me <laughs> going back to what Colin was saying earlier. And by the way, I I didn't have anybody stop, even though the cuckoo clock. See, went, I told you I should have stopped it. Uh, <laughs> seen, uh, because uh, this is going in the outtakes. Um, Ten Cloverfield, Ten Cloverfield Lane, right? The twist there at the end is, yeah, she gets out, she's free, and no, it turned out that John Goodman was right all along. Yeah. Um, and and See, I, I'm thinking I, of like you know. Uh, Six cents. Yes, six cents. Ten like twist. Yeah, level twist. Yeah, signs or twist. or invent unbreakable kind of twist. Yeah. What, what was exactly. the twist in signs that? Actually, I don't remember. But the swing away. I mean that that was the biggest twist, right? That's or, the revelation or, 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 that all the, all the water cups. And, yeah, and stuff. That yeah. all this had a meaning and a purpose mm-hmm. to a man who had completely lost all of his meaning and purpose in his life. Well, let, let, let's go through a filmography that we can remember anyway. The Sixth Sense. Everybody liked that one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That one's very good. It's been a while since I've seen it, but yes. Yeah, I watched I watched it not that long ago, and and uh, really. Still yes. enjoy that one. Yeah. A lot. yeah. Um, great performances. It, I, it's a complete, it boggles my mind that Haley Joel Osment didn't win an Oscar for that movie. <laughs> wow. He was incredible. Uh, Unbreakable. Also really like. Yeah. It. Right. Yes. Uh, underrated. I feel like, I feel like people don't appreciate that one as much as they should. And then yeah. the third one was Signs. Signs. Yeah. Uh, which I'm also a big fan of. I like the, I cursed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So see, my point, twists and no twist. Yeah. And then Lady in the Water. Massive twist, right? Uh, no, no. The Village was next. The Village. Yeah, def- definitely twist. Huge was, twist. I, I like that movie. I have to admit. Um, <laughs> I need to watch it again. It's 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 definitely one that where pe- people start seeing the slide, right? I feel like the first three are really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then The Village, I, I mean, I have to admit, it's it's not as good as the others. And it, it strains some credulity about, would this really be possible? <laughs> um, but, I, but I still do like it. Uh, Lady in the Water is very whimsical. Uh, and self-indulgent, and I kind of love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But then it's followed by... The Happening. 
And that is a hilariously bad movie. Have you, have you seen it? No. Oh, oh man. It, it's, if, you ever wanna, if you ever want to watch one that's unintentionally funny, that, that movie really works. Like, I, I kept telling Ethan about it. And, right. and so he went, he, somebody suggested they watch it, I think, and they, and mm. they watch it and they just laugh. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very, and you just recently watched it, that's right? Funny. Yeah. Yeah, I had never seen it before. There's a decent premise in there, but it's not executed well. It's no, it makes poorly, you wonder what poorly happened. Acted, poorly written, and it's very bad. It's the prequels of Shyamalan movies. <laughs> no, and then after that comes Avatar. Nope. What, what, what was next? Uh, what's after? Whatever is after Avatar, we do not talk about the Avatar movie. <laughs> okay, okay. So here's 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 where I end up at the stake. I enjoyed that movie. Good. It's a fun movie, but it's just I, not a good movie. I, I mean, watched it before right. I watched the series, and oh I, wow, I've that movie firmly like uh, the series is amazing. Uh, it took me way too long to watch it. Sadly, yeah. it really is. I amazing. probably never will. I, 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 I don't. I don't really like anime and i know i know it's not exactly anime but i i don't know i'm not attracted to it elaine wouldn't watch it with me i'm mm. never going to get around to watching it. and so i i understand the the complaints about whitewashing are absolutely valid in the yeah. movie <laughs> uh, but i had a good time watching it and so yeah I was, I was okay with it this it's my fa- favorite thing and i'm not going to act this out because it'd be it'd be really funny um, but in <laughs> not a video podcast. <laughs> yes, but wait. In the show, each of the four styles of bending are based on an actual like, f- like Eastern Euro- Eastern Asian fighting style. Yeah. Okay. There's there's a, there's so much backstory, and in the movie, there's like this twenty second like arm thing they do to lift like a ten pound rock and then have it float across the room. Mm. They're inexperienced. That comes comes better with time. No, this is done by eight people. <laughs> I know. It's. Um, I, I mean, it's one of those ones where I I can say it's objectively terrible. Yes, but I still had a good time watching it. Yes, you should watch it just because Dave Filoni was involved in creating it. Mm. Uh, After Earth, another dreadful movie. I've never seen that. Wait, mm. that's the Will Smith one. Yeah, I don't. Wait, that's I, M Light Shyamalan. I don't. I think he produced it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure he wrote it. I don't think he wrote or directed it. Let me, I'm looking this up right but now. But it, it's 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 terrible. Okay, it's really really bad. And, and, like you have to turn your brain off for it to make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Uh, Split. Split was good stuff. Split was. Split oh was my good. gosh. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Um, Glass. I did not care for. Haven't it seen was Glass. Directed, um, and written by M Night Shyamalan, although he had other people helping him on the screenplay. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and then I don't remember. I haven't seen The Visit, which I've heard is good. Uh, I never saw Devil. I think that was the the one in the elevator or something. Yeah, that's one of the elevator. Um, His series, Servant, right on Apple TV Plus, which Rupert Grint is in. I think. Yeah, um, you saw Old, right? Did, what, what did you I think did. That one? Oh my gosh! Can you please use the analogy you gave to me when I asked what your thoughts on it was? <laughs> A full body dry heave set to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember what it was. So I had just come back from a gymnastics meet, and his reaction, I believe, along the lines was. So imagine if Olympic gold medalist Jade Carey was setting up for her floor routine and then halfway through just face plants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Incredible premise. Incredible <laughs> opportunities. But then it just <laughs> shat the ball. It's like the happening. It could have been an incredible movie. Oh, wow. And just something went bad someplace. Now, that, <laughs> that being sucks. said, it is truly horrific in multiple dimensions. And oh, the yeah. twist at the end is a heartbreaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's sick. Yeah, the, the I thought it was funny. At the I twist. feel like the happening is like the perfect like cheesy Omega Man concept, but like executed in two thousands style, mm. not well at all. Uh, yeah. Did we talk We're, about Split already? Sorry, we mentioned Split. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Split was good. Split and yeah, Glass. I didn't like Glass. Me neither. I, I thought it, I thought it was a bad way to wrap up those three movies. It could have been such a great trilogy too, and it just mm-hmm. yeah. So lost it. Uh, I think. Knock at the cabin is uh, got to be top five, that's probably. A, yeah. yeah, that's fair. It doesn't crack the top three. Top three for me. No, um, I'm guessing of Six Sense, Signs, and Unbroken, Unbreakable. Unbreakable is my. It would be second for me. I, and I, I don't, I don't like, think I put Knock at the Cabin ahead of the Village either. All that'll go in the outtakes. Uh, so we'll, we'll do. A <laughs> we final, need to rank final final things. Yeah, we need to rank them. 